Hello and welcome to another episode of the Punt Return NFL Week 8. We're approaching the halfway point of the season. Before I get to my co-host, I will mention through seven weeks of the NFL season, road teams are winning and covering at a record pace and a 58-46-1 straight up, 55.7% in 105 games, and they're at 62% against the spread. And NFL home favorites are also crapping the bed um, for the average NFL better this season. They're 23, 45, and 2 against the spread and 37 and 33 straight up through 70 games. And, uh, yeah, into week seven, we had three undefeated teams, the Patriots, the 49ers, and Nick's long shots. Only two remain. We pour one out for Nick, whose great long shot run has come to a bittersweet end. Nick, how are you feeling, buddy? Oh, it was a, a shattering end to the to the run, but yeah, it had had to happen eventually. Yep. Um, yeah, I was going through some of the numbers earlier, and if uh, if you had ten bucks on each of those long shots, you'd see you'd be up about two hundred bucks, which is uh, that's pretty good. Not too bad. Not yeah, too bad. That's all right for a long shot. No one's saying put a whole unit on a long shot. That's the no, whole exactly. idea. It's a bit of fun, and it's yeah, it's actually one of the great runs. Um, speaking of great runs, James actually gave out like a couple of uh, weekly plays last week. Went two and zero. Oh. James, well done. There you go. Welcome to the world of non-futures. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Your, your, eye, your eyes opening. Maybe. <laughs> Next it'll be fantasy. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Um, sp- speaking of winners, week seven results, lock of the week, New Orleans plus three and a half, easy winner, also on outright. We said why are they underdogs and they proved it. Um, Teddy Bridgewater is the best quarterback against the spread in the, in the NFL. Um, it's pretty crazy. Um, it's, it's doing really well. Um, long shots, no good for me as well. So across the board, no, no good on the long shots. Um, we'll have to look at James's long shots kind of at the end of the year. We'll go back uh, and see how a lot of his futures long shots are playing out. But the other results, I went two and one. The Rams minus three. Saints plus three and a half. Easy winners. Baltimore, Seattle. I thought I had a chance there. Seattle were driving late down two. I thought they could have got a garbage time touchdown. Couldn't do it. Um, I'm now 13 and seven on the season. And Nick, uh, you also went two and one last week. Yeah, really loved the Saints bet. I, I thought they'd win straight up, which they did. But uh, that three and a half, I thought was money. Uh, Dalvin Cook, 90 plus rushing yards. That got up, and unfortunately, Devonta Freeman decided to punch someone in the face. Well, yeah. um, got got thrown out when he had three receptions, and I had him for four plus. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, Aaron Donald had him by had him by the throat. I was holding him up in the air um, by the throat, um, very WWE style. <laughs> and Devontae Freeman just the only way out was to punch. I'd never get punching someone in the head who's wearing a helmet. It just just <laughs> defies belief. I guess it's just your urges, like you just want to punch just, someone in the I, face. I just don't know how you fight Aaron Donald. Like yeah, true. I, mean, I think I think sometimes yeah. you just take the loss, take the L. Yeah, I mean when <laughs> aliens land on Earth, I'm sending Aaron Donald there. I mean that's, that's right. like that's what I'm doing. Um, yeah. So the model also went two and one. We'll, we'll touch on that a little bit later. As well, um, let's talk some other takeaways from week seven. Uh, for me, my, my takeaway here is can Lamar Jackson win MVP without elite passing stats? He only completed nine of 20 passes. I mean, and, um, Andrews dropped like four passes. So it did, didn't help him a lot there. And Marquise Brown was out. So he was down a couple of receivers and some underperformed. But when you look at it on the year's end, do you think those passing stats will let him down for MVP? Uh, Nick, start us off. Um, possibly. I, I think. The way that we all kind of came into this season about Lamar Jackson and, and, and his running ability, his I don't think he can I don't think he needs to have incredible passing stats to win the MVP. Yep. Because he's he's an incredibly rounded quarterback and he can do it he can do a bit of everything. He's a very good athlete. He can pass, he doesn't need to, and like you said, he doesn't have, you know, the elite 
receiving core that, that some other quarterbacks have. Yep. And so I don't think we should expect him to have elite passing stats, but I, I think he can win it, yeah. What do you reckon, James? I think it'd probably come down to how enlightened the selection committee is. Yeah. I mean, we all see that he's an extremely good quarterback. He's adding the passing element to his game. He's working within the team concept. No one wants to play him in terms of an opposition. He's, he's absolutely elite already in like his second year. So yeah. and, it's fantastic. And for me, I think he's shown that he can pass, which I think's helped his rushing. I feel like his rushing's gone to the next element because people aren't just expecting yeah. him to run all the time. They're still going to play the pass now because he's shown it in games that he can beat you through the air as well. So I feel like that's helped. And I feel like he has improved as a runner somehow. He's um, improved as a runner and he's on, he's on pace to shatter. Um, the quarterback rushing record. So, um, he could put up sort of, you know, MVP numbers as a running back and then have the, uh, passing stats added in as well. So I don't know. I feel like he's a, he's a chance. Dep- it all depends on how Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers finish the rest of the season. Cause I think right now, I think it is a three person race. Maybe just Sean Watson is a, is a dark horse, but, um, I think those three are the other, other people right now to beat, but, uh, we'll, we'll wait and see how it goes on. Uh, Nick, what's your big takeaway? Yeah, another another kind of athletic quarterback, Cam Newton. Uh, what do the Panthers do with with Cam Newton? He he hasn't played since week two. They were zip and two with him as a starter, and since Kyle Allen came in, they're four and zip. Um, they're playing really well. They've, Allen's built a really solid rapport with with the receivers. Uh, I'm not sure what happens with with Cam Newton from here on out. I don't know if he was healthy when they were zero and two. That's the big difference. I mean, if he comes back 100% intact. I think they probably do win a lot. Of, a lot of those losses were close. They've only lost, and I'll, I'll touch on this later. They've only yeah, lost the when, game by a maximum of six time, points. So, when was the last loss. time we had a hundred percent Cam Newton? Though I, I don't know if we can. Well, trust when they, him to I think 100%. when they were six and two at the start of the start of last season, and then it all sort of right, fell apart. That's, that's twelve months ago. Yeah, it, it is a long time. It is a long time. Yeah. But I, I mean, if Carl Allen hasn't played great. Uh, he has, like, he started off really well, but I think there's some games in the middle where there where he looked a, a little vulnerable. Um, I feel like you got to bring Cam Newton back. I, I, I think you have to. I don't know. Maybe maybe James think, thinks differently. I'd probably actually keep Kyle on for now and maybe even think about putting Cam Newton into actual spots, maybe to use his run, maybe a bit of RPO threats. You know, I'm talking a few plays a game. And if Kyle Allen's not functioning at quarterback, then you chuck Cam in. So. Yeah. But it's a dilemma because it's a really good team. It's not like they're having to think about the future here yeah. or it's, it's a luxury yeah. at the moment. It's, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, but it, as Nick says, that's a tough call. It's a really tough call. It's a really good point. Yeah, it is, uh, and it's one to monitor. I feel like there's a lot of noise around around that situation at the moment. Uh, you know, whether you're a big believer in Cam like I am, or or even even if you're not, like there's still there's still a lot of question marks there with Cam. But they can at least take their time. They don't have to rush. Rush back, and it's the same with Drew Brees. I'm not saying that they're not going to bring Brees in, but they can at least take their time mm. now with Brees and make sure he is 100. Sure percent right. Yeah, um, James, what's your, what's your biggest takeaway? Yeah, my take is that there's there's multiple exceptionally good NFC teams that are going to go home empty handed empty handed this year. Um, really route good, well-rounded squads, you know, Green Bay Packers, San Francisco, Dallas to an extent, New Orleans, obviously, Minnesota emerging. There's only one winner to come out of this, obviously, this conference. So that's an exciting, that's an exciting development considering the sort of contrast of the AFC where we have a one-team behemoth running, running away with it. Who's the second best team in the AFC right now? Like, Mahomes is injured. So who's the second best? Green Bay. Oh, in AFC. AFC, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 I'd say Baltimore. Yeah. It's their yeah, defense has improved a little bit, but I mean they got 
you know, the Browns who are struggling to drop 40 on them. So it's, it's really hard with the AFC, but you're right. The NFC is just such a contrast to the AFC. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on. Week eight, let's start uh, with the games. Ravens and the Cowboys have the bye, which is bummer for a lot of fantasy teams. Some two good offenses there. Um, but let's talk Thursday night football. Washington at Minnesota. Minnesota are 16-point favorites. Total is 42. Um, I said I won't bet against the Vikings at home for the rest of the season. That doesn't mean I'll also take them. Uh, 16 points is a lot here on a short week. They're going to be without Adam Thielen as well. Uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not, I'm not quite sold on this, this huge line, but I do think Minnesota are probably, I think they're the third best team, uh, in the NFC. Uh, I still, still not, I'm not 100% sold on the 49ers yet, but I think the Saints, Packers, Vikings, and the 49ers are the clear top four, but I think the Vikings can, can uh you know go on a run here and be dangerous if Kirk Cousins builds on it. But they're fifteen and two straight up and twelve four one against the spread in their last seventeen games at homes against teams with a losing record. So you know Kirk Cousins can produce against teams with a losing record. So if you want to take the sixteen, go ahead, but I'm not gonna do it. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly what you said. Minnesota are very good at home. They're incredibly good at home. And they'll win. You know, let, let's not beat around the bush here. They're gonna win. Um but the sixteen points is is too high. Um, so it's no play for me, but I'm going to look out for Dalvin Cook in the, the prop markets. 109 plus rushing yards at about $2.25. Looks pretty solid to me. I just wanted to pump the brakes just a little bit on Minnesota in terms of they haven't beat a single team with a winning record this season. However, and I've been critical of Cousins this season and the contract as well. All of a sudden though, 114.3 passer rating. That's the best in the league. So that's that's really emerged, particularly over the last four weeks. There's 12 touchdowns and one pick, so he's protecting the ball. That threat opens up lanes for Dalvin Cook, like we've seen him explode about four times this season. So the continuity aspect of Minnesota has sort of bore out. They're, they're you know, same coach, same general manager, quarterback in his second year, familiar receiving core. So they're emerging when they when things look grim a few weeks ago. So it's it's a good effort to pull themselves out of that. And as you said, you you had them top four, Josh, in the NFC, which is yep. yeah. I mean, they've got a great defense and the running game, and I feel like the running game that kind of opens the back door a little bit for the for the skins in this game. I think they're just going to run in the second half and just yeah keep handing it off, and it might open a late touchdown that kind of puts them back within that sixteen point range. But I don't think they'll have to sweat this game at all, the Vikings. But I, I do want to see him test. I mean, it's not going to happen tomorrow, but in terms of the good team coming up against them to see where this Minnesota model is at. Yep, keen for that. Yep. Uh, let's move on. London game, even though it's it's during red zone, so you don't have to. Uh, I thought well, I had to be staying up, but uh, now I don't have to worry about that. I just double checked. It's a four a.m. game here for us, but London game, Cincinnati versus the Rams. The Rams are classified as the home team, if that means anything to you guys. Uh, uh, minus thirteen is the spread. The total is forty-eight. Um, yeah, I, Andy Dalton's dead to me. He never was really alive to me, but he's dead to me. Um, yeah, down seven against the Jags defense, missing Jalen Ramsey, throws three picks, three consecutive drives, including a pick six. That's disgusting. It's time to move on. The Andy era is over. I heard the Around the NFL mention just do a straight swap, Dalton for Trubisky. Um, I don't mind that. Just get them out of their, each other's buildings and, and see how, um, you know, Dalton goes with a good defense and a better team around him and then see how Trubisky goes with maybe someone like Zach Taylor. I don't know. But, uh, look, the Rams re- rejuvenated their season last week with a pretty cruisy win. Um, they have to be happy with the progress there on defense. But the 2018 Rams would probably just run through this team and just gutter stomp them into submission. I don't know if the 2019 Rams can do the same. I'll be watching to see. I don't think they, uh, 13's a bit much, especially with London that does some funny things. But 
Since he a dreadful 30th in DVOA offense, 31st in DVOA defense. Just an absolute bleep show there. James, what are, you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, as you said, they resuscitated their season against a really awful Atlanta last week. We spoke at length, all three of us, last week about where the Rams stand, how they can sort of emerge out of this season. That was a good start. The win here, that's five and three. And then I see there's a path to get to nine and three for these guys. They've got a really easy schedule coming up with games against the Steelers, the Bears, Ravens at home and Arizona. So a path to nine and three, and then they can just build from there. So maybe set up that second half of the season, unlike when they were sort of winding down last year, which we saw them sort of walk through the playoffs and the ultimate Super Bowl sputter. So, yeah, they'll win this, obviously, but I'm I'm sort of buoyant on them. Returning, getting back to sort of the playoffs and making some noise once there. Yeah, they're kind of rounding into form nicely. I think it's there's, there's been a couple of good wins um, over the last kind of three weeks that kind of sees them back into, into relevance, I guess. Um, this one's really a, a bit of a gut game for me. I, I feel like Sean McVay really, really kind of, feels the moment and feels the importance of, of games like this where, you know, he obviously wants to put on a show for the LA fans out in Hollywood. Um, also the, the fact that he understands the need for, for showtime and you know that they're in London and they're trying to grow the game overseas. And I feel like he's, he's a real entertainer and, and he really takes it to heart. Um, and I, I can, I can see the Rams putting on a show in this one. Um, I don't know how the Bengals are going to stop Todd Gurley and Cooper Cup and, and some of the other guys on offense. I think both of those guys have a hundred plus yards. Girly rushing, cut receiving, mm. and and I think the Rams get back to their kind of you know offensive minded football again, and and you know really put on a show. So I I, I like the Rams at, at the, the thirteen point line. Um, again, I I don't know what it is. It's just a, it's a it's a gut feel for me on this one. Okay, huge. Um, all right, let's move on. Denver at Indianapolis. Indy minus six. Totals forty four. Joe Flacco, more like Joe Sacco. Am I right? What about Noah Fant? More like Noah Kant. Am I? Sorry. Just getting my sledges ready for the Broncos this week. Um, look, they didn't take advantage of the Mahomes injury and getting the win, but they're still, still a dangerous team, Denver. The, the defense is still fifth best in DVOA. So this is, you know, this, the Colts should not take this game lightly. They, they still could be upset here at home. Um, and you know, last week was the 11th straight home game where the Colts scored at least 23 points. Um, so this will be a tough test to make it 12 against this defense. Um, but it's also the 24th straight uh, game where they didn't allow a 100-yard rusher at home and, and the maniac Darius, Darius Leonard was back and was in control uh, there. So I think that comes down to this, and it sounds funny me talking about rushing yards, uh, James, but um, <laughs> if Denver can't get the ground game going, I don't trust Joe Flacco yeah. to get the win here. Um, so, look, I think the Colts win, but I think the line and total here is pretty much spot on. So it's just, just going to be an, uh, an avoid for me and, and watch. But the Colts, uh, I like their schedule coming up. I think you've you've got that as well written down, James. Yeah, it seems to me two teams going in very different directions here. One looking at winning the division, the other starting to sell off their some assets. Like I think we saw Emmanuel Sanders this week get traded to San Francisco. So Colts next four games against teams with losing records, which is going to put them in a box seat to win that AFC South and that massive victory last week over Houston. Yeah. Are you going um, to apologize to Houston fans for buying into them again? <laughs> well, we'll see how it all ends yeah, up. All right, all right. I'll, I'll be wrapped if they go under eight and a half. And I still, you know, Deshaun Watson's a phenomenal quarterback. Yep. Um, 
but also with the Colts, just wanted to say as well, you know, it's a sign of a really good team to have overcome that many injuries yep. and are well within, you know, when we said before, who's the second best team in the AFC, you can make an argument for your Colts, Josh. So Yeah, I'm not ready yet. Um, Brissett still, you know, he had his best game, but he's still limited as a passer. I don't think he can win a Super Bowl with Jacoby Brissett, but, uh, you know, I no, mean. But this, but this is still a building franchise, yeah, exactly. you know, they're coming from a but, long way yeah. back. You know, the, uh, the, pay, the Pats won six Super Bowls with the great coaching and a mediocre quarterback, so maybe, maybe <laughs> Indy can as well. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> what do you reckon about this, uh, Nick? Um, yeah, look, the, the Colts are, the Colts are pretty good. Um, and I wasn't really expecting it th- this season, but they're good at home and, and I think they should win this. I'm leaning towards the, the Colts at the line, the minus six. It, it is a bit tight for me, but I, I do like it. Um, if it comes in by half a point, even to five and a half, then I'll be really happy to take that, that line. Yep. Um, I'm leaning it, but I, I keep checking close to kickoff and hope that it comes in by half a point or a point. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. The, the, the Colts Denver game is always pretty good because of the whole Peyton Manning history there. So, um, it should be a fun game, hopefully. Uh, yeah, uh, let's move on. Chargers at Chicago. The Bears of minus four. The total is. 41 here. Uh, Nick, start us off. What, if, what are your thoughts on this one? Ooh, I'm not sure how the Bears are so short in this one. I, I mean, they should be favorites. They're at home and, and they're a lot harder to beat at home. Um, they're $1.40 at, at some books and, and I really don't like that price for, for the Bears. Uh, they took it up to the Saints for most of the game last week. But, you know, if we're honest, they're not very good offensively. Um, they're pretty good defensively, but offensively they don't, they don't offer much. And I did have big expectations going into this season for the Bears and that they really haven't delivered. Uh, they need to run the ball more and, and they know it. They've been talking about it for weeks. They've, they've known it since week one when David Montgomery only got, you know, six carries. Um, but, but why hasn't that improved? They know it's an issue. Why haven't they improved it? Um, the Chargers defense should eat them alive, but, but I can't trust them yep. with, you know, the Chargers personnel instability and, and all that sort of stuff. So no play for me, but. Really interesting um, narrative around this one. Yeah, uh, James, what are you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I was going to say for a, for a match that has two teams who aren't going to the playoffs, this it's actually it's actually a really interesting game. Over the last fifteen years, the Chargers are actually the best team in the league, covering as a road dog. Now that might at sixty four point two percent, that might be part of the fact that every single game seems like a road game for the Chargers, considering the lack of a home identity. But they do get it done. Um, with that said, I actually quite like Chicago in this game. They remain the sixth best DVOA defense in the league, while Chargers are losing yet another offensive lineman in Forest Lamp. I think, yeah. So the Bears are continually get that pressure onto that onto the quarterback and should be able to break through the rivers. Interesting note as well. I know we're also sort of put off by that Chicago offense, but there's a path that they could dink and dink and donk their way to victory here. Chargers are giving up a league high seventy four point six opposition pass completion percentage. So quarterbacks are being able to, whether that's athleticism, whether that's structure, scheme, or whatever it is. And they've actually missed 63 tackles as well, which is a league high on mm, defensive gosh. charges. So so that kind of dink dug style, get it into Terry Cohen, as Nick said, get it to Montgomery as well. I think there is a path for the Bears to, to win this game and potentially cover it. I prefer two and a half instead of the four for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I can, I think the Bears can get there. The other thing as well, which we haven't seen this year is this Bears offense playing with a lead, with a lead. They're constantly chasing, which is bringing up the ugly, ugly, uglier side of Trubisky or Chase Daniel, whoever you want to put there. So yep. maybe get them early, put the ball in their hands, keep it on the ground. And yeah, there's a path there. So 
quite like the Bears. Yeah, that's that's kind of making me question the, the the tackles and the and the pass completions and things that suits up to you know very gimmicky offense, which is what kind of was their bread and butter last year for the Bears. But that's right. I kind of hate myself for doing this, but I kind of like the Chargers here. Um, the Bears have no business laying four points to to anyone. <laughs> Um, and you know, the Chargers, their record's awful and they've been bad, but they're still a decent team. They're still, they're still, uh, you know, uh, where are we? Sorry. They're still in the top 10 in yards per play and you know, they're, they're moving the ball. I, I think they need to move away from Melvin Gordon and get the ball in Oster Eckler's hands again. And I think, I think maybe last week might be the chance that they have to, to do that and the lesson that they learned there. But yeah, the Bears offense, they rank 30th in average yards per game and per play. It's not just the quarterback either. Their running game is horrendous as well. Um, and I think if there's one thing you can really count on in the NFL, apart from a Bill Belichick coach team being consistently good, it's that uh, the NFL, like Philip Rivers is going to be down three, needing a touchdown to score late in the game. So I think four is probably an, a good number here because the Chargers style of play always accounts for, for close games. So getting over the field goal is pretty appealing. And uh, the Bear, this isn't the same Bears defense that we have. They're, they've dropped outside the top 10 in yards per play allowed. They've, they've regressed. The regression's happened. Mm. Um, they've lost. Uh, I've gone completely blank now. Akeem Hicks is the guy I'm looking for in the middle. They've, they've, they've been missing him as well. Like He's such a big... It's kind of like an Aaron Donald light for them, and he it means that you can double team Khalil Mack and and you know kind of erase him from that game. I don't know if the Chargers have the personnel to do that, but I'm going to take the Chargers plus four. I hate myself for it. And the Amos defection as well yeah. to the Packers, yeah. which takes away a lot of that speed in the secondary and sort of gives them that multi dimensionality as well, which they're really missing. Yeah, I mean the Chargers scored two touchdowns basically against the. They should have won that game, and I'm still mad at. It. Still mad at the Chargers for that. I had them plus two. They should have won. Should have covered. Um, I'm going back to the well as much as uh, they're dead to me. I've said that to everyone this week. They're dead to me, but I'm back on, I'm back in, baby. I don't know. I can't quit Phil Rivers. He's like, he's like heroin to me. Can't help yourself. Yeah, I'm really, he's like, he's more, Rivers DJ. Yeah, that's it. Um, right. Another, another good game here. I, I like this game. New York Giants at Detroit. Detroit are six and a half point favorites. The total is, 50. I like the Lions in the spot here. I think they're probably one of the best 14, 15 teams in the league, despite obvious coaching flaws. Um, they put up 30 points last week against a much stronger defense against the Vikings. And I kind of think the injury to carry on Johnson kind of helps them here. I feel like that gets the ball more in Stafford's hands. And I think in terms of pure passing, ignoring sort of Lamar Jackson's rushing and things like that, I think I feel like Stafford's been a top five quarterback this season. I feel like it's Rodgers... Mahomes, Watson, and Stafford in terms of passing the football. Um, I think they've, Stafford's been great and it's an unfortunate their record probably should be a lot better than it actually is. But I am, if I am having any concerns, it's about, uh, the Detroit run defense. It's gotten gashed up the middle. 110 rushing yards in every game at least and 336 combined in their last two. So this bodes very well for Saquon Barkley. He's going to be better for the run last week coming back from injury. But Daniel Jones has crushed completely back to earth in a big way over his last three games. They're all been losses. He's completed just 55% of his passes while tallying three touchdowns compared to five interceptions and just could not get the job done um, against a much easier defense in the Cardinals. Um, so I think Detroit here, minus six and a half. I, I like it to win at home. Um, they need to get another win on the board, Detroit, to keep things interesting. Yeah, I think you know, Matt Stafford's been an underrated quarterback for a decade, basically. Yeah. And, and you know, Preach. unlucky, unlucky that his that his team doesn't have a better record this season. But I think that you could probably say that for pretty much every other season too in his career. Yep. 
Um, yeah, he's, he's a really good quarterback. Um, even without Kerry on Johnson, I think the, the Lions will be too good. I think Stafford is the difference maker. Um, and, and with him running the offense and, and having a really weak New York secondary to target, um, the, the, the Detroit defense should take care of the rest. I think Kenny Golladay is a really nice DFS and prop play. Um, you can get him 80 plus receiving yards at about $2.10. But yeah, I like, I like the Lions at the line minus six and a half. I'll, I'll be taking that. I'm kind of really anti-Giants overall. I don't know where they're going as a franchise, the whole direction thing with Gettleman and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I think the back door is going to be open all game in this one. My big issue is that Detroit, uh, they, they're getting no pressure on the quarterback. They're blitzing at easily the league's sort of lowest rate in the se- for the season and have produced just 10 sacks all season. That, if nothing else, is going to take a little bit of the heat off Daniel Jones and allow them to execute. And with Saquon Barkley back in his second game now, as Josh referenced as well, there is some holes uh, in terms of rush defense for Detroit. I think they're going to, even you know, if it's a 13-point game, 10-point game, whatever it is, it's always going to be there. So I just, I, I don't want to be, I wouldn't want to be holding a Detroit ticket in in those circumstances, especially if I know I can't get any pressure on. Yeah. Yeah. I normally, I normally hate taking Detroit minus. Like over the last three years, I've always yeah. just never taken Detroit as favorites, but let's have a different feel here with this team uh, this season. I feel like they've been just a bit unlucky in patches. I think this is a game they should comfortably cover. But, you know, we've seen stranger things in the NFL. Uh, New York Jets at Jacksonville. Jacksonville are six-point favorites. This is a pass for me. Total's 41.5. My numbers have this pretty much spot on. But the Jets are such a hard team to really read. A lot of their DVO numbers and other metrics are so weighed down by the Luke Falk games that it's really tough to judge them. And, look, that Monday night football game was embarrassing. But this Patriots defense is going to make many quarterbacks look foolish every single... We're talking about a historically great defense, the Pats, and we'll get to them in a little bit. Sec- in a little bit. Um, but remember, they only allowed the Rams offense that was being crazy last year to score three points in the Super Bowl. So I'm not going to, you know, think the sky's falling on Darnold. Admitting on camera that he was seeing ghosts, I, I want to see what you boys think of that. I... I think it was okay. Everyone's overreacting to that, I think. I kind of like the honesty, and it just shows how tough this Pats defense is and how hard it is to play. So I'm expecting a much stronger performance from the Jets' offense, um, and I think the Jaguars are much better than their record suggests, but I'm, I'm just going to leave this one because I just want to see how the Jets bounce back. Yeah, that, that Donald seeing ghosts comment is, is a strange one. I, I really hope that he uh, he was tested for concussion after that game because um, he did get hit a couple of times. Yeah, I, I don't mind him saying that, that though. Like, I, 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 I don't like mind people him saying are like, either. "Oh, crazy!" Like you shouldn't be admitting I, that. It's like, no, he's just being honest. Like, what's wrong? With I, I don't mind him saying it either, as long as as long as he's yeah. saying what he means to say. Yeah. And, and he kind of came out and, and explained yeah. what he was trying to say by yeah. by he, he couldn't really see downfield. He he, yeah. he wasn't reading the the receivers, um, and, and that's kind of what he meant yeah. by seeing ghosts. But yeah. Um, yeah, at, at that point he had been hit a couple of times. True. <laughs> I hope his brain hadn't hadn't been rattled yep. one too many times. But I, I really see this game being a, a really stout defensive battle. Um, lots of ground and pound running. You got Le'Veon Bell and Leonard Fournette both you know, bashing and crashing and, and just running the ball as as hard as possible. I can really see this being like a, a ten to thirteen low scoring kind of game. Hmm. Um, I like the Jets plus six, and I like the under. Uh, so I'll go both of those, and, and I might even have a little dabble on a oh, double Oh, he loves the line turtles. Here we are. I love a dabble on a double. <laughs> but just going back to those ghosts, the, the Sam Donald 
Ghost's comments for a moment. I think the Jets have got a, a billion bigger issues than, than Darnold seeing ghosts. And you mentioned before uh, the, the Patriots beat down and the sort of embarrassment. Would the Jets lead the competition over the last, let's say, five or six years for just those kind of embarrassing nights <laughs> where they just get blown to pieces? And honestly, they, they continually just look awful. We were talking a few weeks ago, the Le'Veon Bell night with the, yeah, with the Falk disaster when Le'Veon Bell was pretty much, you know, the, back the, the quarterback. quarterback. Yeah, he was quarterback running the hot dogs in the stand. He was doing everything <laughs> that, that match. I feel like the NFL sets the Jets up there. They, they keep putting Jets pats in prime time. It's just, it's yeah. not a rivalry. Like, stop it's, it. It's like, that's the thing. Like, it's, 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 it's just so yeah. dumb. Like, it's, it's just ridiculous. It's really silly. Like, yeah. I, yeah, I think they flashed up a stat about, you know, Tom Brady is about to have the single most yards ever against a single opponent. Yeah. Which I think Brett Favre <laughs> against Detroit had yeah. in those days when Detroit was thoroughly awful. Yeah. Um, and that speaks to this Jets team. So, yeah. but actually, just on this game, like, I'm, I'm, guys, I'm really starting to feel the Jaguars. Like, I, I think you know I think they traded Jalen Ramsey, right? You know that, uh, yeah. And, and okay. they've got, and yeah, abso- absolutely. But rookie safety Ronnie Harrison, Josh, out of Alabama, yep, leads the team in tackles, so he's holding it up there and leads the league in it leads the team in passes defended. Okay, there, there, there's there, um, look, there's, he's not replacing Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, they've got two first round draft picks in, as well in for, for a discontented player. I don't think that's the worst case scenario. This AFC South is open. We've agreed on that before. It's not as though the Colts or the, the, the Texans are running away with that. Fournette's actually starting to get going now. The only things that aren't coming for Fournette is the touchdowns. He's, he's on target for 2,000 yards from scrimmage season. Mm. They've actually got a competent quarterback in Chuck. They've got actually a competent receiver for the first time ever. All of a sudden, don't mind the Jags. And in this weak AFC... Yeah, there's, there's, they're a play for me later to make the playoffs. Um, okay. Yeah. Saucy. It's a weak AFC, so I don't mind it. I, you know, they yeah, could it's, sneak it's... in as a wild card. It depends on a few teams. Um, and, yeah, we'll, we'll see how things play out. We don't know how good, really good the Bills are at 5-1. and one. We don't know what the Browns are going to do with their schedule coming up. So, who yeah, knows? We could, we could see three teams from the AFC South. I mean... Who would have thought? Who, who would have thunk it? Um, who knows? We'll, we'll see. Speaking of the AFC South, Tampa Bay travel to Tennessee to take on the Titans. Tennessee minus two and a half at home. Total is 45 and a half. Give me Tampa Bay plus two and a half here. I like it. Um, this is going to be a Todd Bowles special. I reckon he's going to dial up some unique pressures to really rattle Ryan Tannehill, who played somewhat decent last week, but he's never been consistent. He's never played two games in a row good. Come on, guys. Um, we know Tampa Bay is going to lock down the run, so it's going to have to come down to Tannehill passing down the field, and I just don't know if he's going to have great success against this you know, savage pass rush. Um, and their O-line's terrible, and I think they lost Jack Conklin as well. So their O-line's already disastrous, and they lost probably their top one of their top two players on, on that line as well. Um, so Tampa Bay are going to be a much tougher task than the Chargers missing you know, a bazillion players in their secondary. Um, Tennessee, they're 23 in pass defense. This is a good opportunity for Godwin, Evans, and and potentially uh, OJ Howard to feast. So I think uh, you're getting a little bit of value here because Tennessee well, got the win last week, which was, you know, not a real win. And Arians has won. He won four from five after a bye with the Cardinals. So Tampa Bay plus two and a half. And I, uh, I like Evans, and I'll get to that later with my long shot. To have a good game. I want no part in this game, so I'm just going to throw it straight over to Josh. Uh, to James. <laughs> and I'm going to do the exact same. I don't think I'm going to add anything more than what Josh has added there. So. All right. Sweet. 
Tampa, let's go. Uh, Carolina at San Fran. This might be the game of the week. Uh, five and a half is the spread. Total is 42. Start us off, uh, Nick. Yeah, this massive game. It's super entertaining. Um, yep. I don't actually have a play in this game, but I, I love I love the look of this game. I think it's going to come down to the efficiencies of, of both teams. Mm. Um, the Panthers lead the league in sacks. They've got 27 on the season, and the Niners are really good at protecting Jimmy G. Uh, I think they've only allowed eight sacks so far. They've got really similar overall stats for the season, especially yeah. since Kyle Allen came in for the, the Panthers. Um, where I think the Niners have the edge is on third down situations where on defense, the Panthers are ranked 19th compared to the Niners, uh, ninth ranked third down offense mm-hmm. and the Panthers 23rd ranked offense on third down compared to the Niners third ranked defense. And, and we know how good the Niners are on defense. I think the Niners win. But, uh, yeah, no play for me, but super entertaining game. Yeah, you mentioned the uh, the sacks. So San Fran are a top five offensive line at the moment, according to Football Outsiders, DBOA. And these two are first and second in adjusted sack rate. So there will be sacks. There will be sacks in this game. Um, and that's the big advantage is San Fran. In, firmly in that top five on offensive line ratings, whereas Carolina are down at 22nd. Um, but I feel like they have improved over the last couple of weeks. Before I go to my play, let's swing it across to uh, James, who's excited about uh, this Depoy showdown. Defensive player of the year showdown, Brian Burns, Nick Bosa, here it is. Bone, um, uh, Bosa Burns won. Just <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, in terms of Nick saying he thinks it might come down to the efficiency of both teams, and I really love that third down stat, I'm thinking it's going to come back as a lot of NFL games do in terms of the turnover battle. For as phenomenal as San Francisco's defense is, and it's ranked second DVOA in the whole competition behind only the Pats, they've only won the turnover battle in two games this season. So that's either speaking to, oh my God, this team is going to get even better once those, the turnover differential starts falling into line. But then that's coming down to Garoppolo. Garoppolo's still thrown six picks on the year and fumbled five times. Panther D does get to the quarterback and is causing turnovers. 14 they've produced over the last four games in that four-game winning streak. So everything's going fantastic with San Francisco. Unbelievable defense. I'm still not sold on Jimmy G, though. So Yep, I'm going to get to that. Um, I agree with you. So Yeah, yeah. That's, that's my only issue. So it might come down to that turnover differential. If it's one each, one either side, then that that, that could be your winner right there. Yep. Uh, so do you, you like the Panthers to cover or, or? Yeah, Panthers to cover. It could even cause the, the, the win on the money line. I'm just, uh, I've got no play, but I'm really keen for this game. Yeah. I think both are going, obviously going to the playoffs. Well, yep. San Francisco, Ooh, I think, yeah. I think Carolina is sort of, this, this is the kind of game though. This is the one they have to win yeah, in a, terms of a big statement win. This feels like a playoff game preview to me. Just feels like yeah, a wild yeah. card battle in week one of the playoffs. So we, could see these two teams meet again. But, yeah, look, the 49ers' defense has been incredible this season. Um, but so is Carolina. Their, their, their defense has been awesome. And this is the toughest defense the 49ers have had to face so far this season. I know the Rams' defense will improve, but they face them without Jalen Ramsey and, and things like that. So um, at the time now, this is this is the toughest uh, defense the 49ers have had to face. But it matchup kind of suits what the 49ers love to do, run the ball. So... Despite Carolina having that sort of third-ranked DVOA defense, they're 30th in DVOA rushing defense. So it bodes well for the 49ers, who haven't been getting great quarterback play from Jimmy G, as you mentioned. So it kind of comes down to the early start of this game. If the Panthers can get up early or force some you know, passing down situations to get the ball into Jimmy G's hands, I think that's kind of what they want. They want those third and longs, those those 
times where Jimmy G has to hold on the ball and 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 you know fumble the ball like you said those five times. So Jimmy G's only got a seven to six touchdown into uh, interception ratio, and his worst game of the year came against the toughest defense he's faced before facing the Panthers in Tampa Bay. And the key for the Panthers, yeah, is to just get pressure on Jimmy G. I think Kyle Allen's actually outplayed Jimmy G this season, and um, I think their pass protection's actually improved since uh, their disastrous game against Tampa Bay in Thursday night football, which pretty much got Cam Newton injured. So I like the Panthers plus five and a half here to cover, and I, I potentially think they hand San Fran their first their first L. So, um, you know, Carolina's biggest loss this year came by six points. So I think this is just going to... Be close. It feels like a field goal game or a last possession style of game here. Um, I'm excited for this one. Mm. Um, all right, let's move on. Cleveland at New England. New England minus 13. Total is 45 and a half. I don't really have a play or a feel in this game, so I've got two things to mention. Here's an insane stat. If the Patriots offense never took the field this season, uh, so if Tom Brady hasn't thrown a pass this season, the Pats would still be 3-3-1 three, three and one, just on defensive <laughs> Touchdowns and special teams alone. That's a cool start. Um, that's insane. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, for all the MVP talk that Tom Brady may or may not be getting, please spare me. Um, so, look, this is probably their best offense that the Patriots are going to have to face so far this season, which is saying something because Cleveland have been pretty awful offensively. Um, so this is a clear avoid. I think this is a good test for the Browns to try to prove a point, and I think their schedule gets really easy after this. So... They're fresh off the bye. My real question is, how many points can the Browns score? Um, who knows? I, I don't know. I should check the over-under and, and work it out. But have you guys got any thoughts on this one? Oh, look, We've been saying it all year about New England. They're historically good. They've had a really easy schedule. Does it even matter? Can they be beaten? Well, we don't know. Um, I don't think that the Cleveland Browns can get it done this week. I also don't like the 13-point head start. Um, it's a no play for me, but again, really interesting to, to see, like you said, how, how many points can the Browns score? The over under is set at 16 and a half. My initial thoughts is under straight away, but who knows? I wonder what James has for us. Very little. <laughs> it's just, uh, Browns have let me down in a couple of key spots. Not that it matters enough yeah. that they're sort of turning, losing my sleep over that, but. So it's not as I'm going to jump on the, the, the Browns to cover against the Patriots, who are apparently pretty good. Could you imagine the hype on the Browns if they win in, in New England against this team? Could you imagine? Yeah, but it would be, it, it would, it would but be, it would be deserved. If you, if, but if yeah. they can pull it off, good uh, on them. You know? like, I, kind of, I kind of feel like Belichick's happy to just throw this one just to see the hype on the Browns. <laughs> but I know he hates the Browns so much. So <laughs> who knows? He, he despises the Browns. So this well, could be it. ugly. That's a good point. Freddie, yeah. Freddie Kitchens as well against yeah. Belichick. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the biggest mismatches you'll see. Um, all right, Philly at Buffalo. Buffalo are two and a half point favorites. The total's 43 and a half. Um, pass for me again. It's kind of a good litmus test game for me because I don't really have a great feel for either team. I need to see something else from Philly before I know what to do with them, whether I want to bet with them or against them, really. Um, they have so much talent on both sides of the ball, but it just hasn't sort of come together yet. Um, you know, all at once, we've seen bits and pieces, but it just doesn't seem to be there. And then Buffalo let the worst team ever drive up and down the field on them. So, you know, who knows? You know, this once vaunted defense couldn't cover against uh, the Miami Dolphins. So I feel like they might be one of the most overrated 5-1 and one teams ever. So who knows? I've I got no idea. James, what have you got? Yeah, I think 
I think in terms of the Bills being overrated, I don't know if there's a huge surge of people saying that this is a phenomenal 5-1 team. Yep. Um, but at the same time, Philly would be petrified about jumping into a 3-5 hole. I know Nick's sort of been pacing up and down all week about that prospect. <laughs> yep. If I said to you guys, just from a percentage breakdown, Philly's making the playoffs this season, what would you throw back from here? 20%. Yeah, Nick? Yeah, oh, probably 40 yeah, Ooh, it, 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 yeah. It, no, no, but but Nick's right in terms of it's being priced as a 50-50 proposition yeah, pretty much. Right. Give me the no side. Yeah, there, there you go. So that's yep. what I'd be on as well. In a, in a loaded NFC, they, let's just say they fall in a 3-5 hole here. There's no coming back. You're going to need 10 games to get into the playoffs, at least in the NFC this season, which would mean what winning seven of their last eight. Hmm. So I'm still going to play Dallas again off the top of my head, obviously. They could trade for Nick Foles, maybe get a proper quarterback. <laughs> maybe. Trade. For Nick Foles, but I will hand it over to Nick because this is his team and yeah. this is his concern. <laughs> oh, look, the, we were expecting Super Bowl chatter at this point, you know, eight weeks ago. Um, yeah, quickly spiraled into a disaster for the Eagles. Can't believe I bought into this. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Me too. Um, that, that, I, yeah. I'm really, really interested to see how Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson react to, to this situation, especially being you know the, the beatdown from from the Cowboys. That's that's embarrassing, and uh, we never never want to see that. From a list management perspective, it's going to be interesting to see how this pans out over the next couple of weeks. Mm. Um, no bet, obviously, for, for Eagles games, but I, I would lean to the unders for anyone who cares what I think. Anyway. Okay. Um, it is worth mentioning, too. It all depends on Dallas as well. I mean, they got to play each other again. So if they get one back and halve those, there's still a way into the playoffs winning that division sure. if, yeah. if Dallas imploded, which is something I didn't really... Remember, I was thinking just purely from a wildcard perspective. I think and, it's... And I think it's Mills, yeah, I think Jaylen it's winning Mills in. that, too. No, Jalen Mills coming back is is a big in for the is it for the Eagles defense. No, yeah, no, 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 yeah no, no, no. I, and I was just also going to say, guys, I think Football Outsiders were saying there was a four percent chance that the NFC East would send a wild card team this year. So that's obviously been oh, thrown yeah, out. We it's don't knock it's it gone. Yeah, yeah. So it is going to be. You could win that on nine it's, and seven. It's and two. Yeah, yeah, it's two from the yeah. west, or or one from the north, and one from the sure, west at this point. Sure. Yeah. Um, without even thinking about the south with the Panthers. So still think that Philly price is good, guys. Yeah. <laughs> same. Yeah, I agree. Um, final question. Are we sure Carson Wentz is good? Did I do my Bill Simmons voice enough? I don't know. <laughs> uh, we'll wait and see. Maybe jury's out. Well, if they're two, three and five and a half long, that's going to be my takeaway next week. Uh, I think he's good. I think the team's been rubbish, but I yeah. think Carson Wentz is good. All right. Yeah, he's go. really good. Nick Foles is better. Uh, all right, Oakland at uh, Houston. Uh, Houston minus six and a half at home here. Total is 41 and uh, 41, 50. If it's 41, over, 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 51 and a half. I'm still saying over, over 51 and a half. The Raiders are a perfect team for overs. Really, not really good, but good offense, putrid defense. The, the Raiders are moving the ball well. They're putting together drives. They also had three trips to the Green Bay red zone last week and had zero points from those three apart from their other scoring drives. And they still scored 24 points. So even if you just give them field goals there. That's 30 points against the Green Bay defense on the road. Houston don't really have a home field advantage. Let's be serious. That's the T.Y. Hilton Stadium anyway. Um, but I think they'll have an easier time here that the Raiders moving the ball against Houston's pass defense, which saw Brissett have 300 and something yards there. They're 22nd in DVOA. Um, yeah, I, I think John Gruden's actually doing a good job. I know you, you guys don't want to hear it, but I think offensively, I think he's coaching... Them pretty well. They, they were down a lot of players last week, and and uh, Darren Waller was injured as well and carrying an injury, and they still scored those 24 points. And then Houston's offense is playing really well. They're fifth in points per drive, averaging 485 yards in their last three games. So 
The Raiders' defense is terrible. They're they're 30th in DVOA and points per drive, and they just traded Conley to their opponent, which is saucy. Um, (laughs) Obviously, they don't rate him if they're going to trade him to his opponent um, a week before they play each other. I am down for that type of source. Imagine if he has a pick. That would be interesting. Um, if this gets to plus seven, well, Marcus I mean, Peters did last yeah, week. Yeah, that is true. Well, not against, the, not against yeah. his team. Yeah, but, uh, but this gets to seven. I'm tempted, but I think over is definitely the play here um, for me. And you know, Houston probably should have scored another touchdown last week. They got one kind of taken away, fairly or unfairly. I'm not sure, but um, it looked like a touchdown to me. But with my Colts goggles on in 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 play, I said no, no touchdown. But in hindsight, um, probably should have been a touchdown. So I think over's the play. Still think the Raiders are trash. I'm coming around a little bit. I'm not as sure as I was a few weeks ago that the Raiders are just simply awful. Hmm. Um, oh, they're, but they're awful, no... but they're still scoring points at least. <laughs> yeah, no, it's no no play for me. It's a bit of a yuck game. Guys, this is my big moment of the year. <laughs> oh, class, I was going to say some nice things about Gruden here. Nice. Ooh. Yeah, Here we go. They're playing really slow, really methodical. They're not turning the ball over. They're keeping Carr upright. And Josh Jackson, Josh Jacobs as a rookie could be on his way to 2,000 yards from scrimmage. So for a rebuilding team and a team in a heap of trouble with, I mean, you know, they're getting a lot of draft picks coming in. They're building on something solid. I like that as a, as a team philosophy. Keep it simple. Don't, you know, you see in the NBA as an example, a lot of teams who are coming off 20 win seasons, it's like, we're going to play fast and crazy. Not, not a great idea because it's going to get messy and it's going to get ugly. That's what Oakland are doing this, that this, this season. So they're kind of circumstances that might make this a bit of a, a, a cover opportunity against the Houston D, who is 22nd ranked pass rush defense mm-hmm. with only what excelling. I mean, JJ Watt's actually in defensive player of the year form as he always is. Apart from that, there's nothing else. So yeah, that, actually there's some nice things to say about Oakland and would even suggest that they could cover at six and a half, but I prefer at seven and a half. Yep. Um, okay, uh, let's go. Arizona at New Orleans. New Orleans minus nine and a half. Total is 48 and a half. Drew Brees potentially might suit up for this game. I don't know if it changes the line dramatically just be, just because of how Bridgewater's played. Um, I think Kamara is still questionable as well. But again, they just won on the road um, against the Bears in, without Kamara and without Brees. So I don't think the offense really... It, it, this comes down to... The, the Saints defense, whether they cover or not, I think, because we know they're going to score points. Um, but it depends on, on this defense and Arizona's running game. But uh, the cards are just one and a half games behind the Seahawks and Vikings for a wild card spot. Um, and the Saints, yeah, they're the best team in the NFC. But yeah, it's kind of crazy that, that the Cardinals are kind of in playoff chatter a little bit. I'm not kind of buying it. Their wins again have been against a lot easier teams. So. Um, New Orleans, the only team in the NFL in the top 10 in DVOA in offense, defense, and in special teams. So they balance across the board. They put up 424 yards against the Chicago D, including 151 on the ground. Now they face the 28th-ranked DVOA defense. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like the Saints here to cover, even with the big line. I don't like taking lines normally that big, but I think the Saints at home here, minus 9.5, especially if Breeze plays, because um, I think he'll want to come out and, and you know, just – Light it up and just show that he's all good. This is this is going to be Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury's toughest test to date. And they, they've been quite impressive. Uh, I don't think any of us were really expecting much from them preseason, but they they play they play football the right way and they're kind of fun to watch. and And I've I've been impressed with them. But New Orleans uh, in New Orleans is a, you know is a different 
a different type of test. It's a really yeah. tough place to go to, especially for rookies. Um, and I think what, what we've kind of all understated is, is just how good Teddy Bridgewater's been and that not much has changed. Yeah. I really expected Michael Thomas' production to suffer, uh, with Breeze out, but mm. he hasn't missed a step. The, the numbers that he's averaging with Bridgewater are almost exactly the same as he was with Breeze earlier the season and late last season. Um, so don't sleep on this Saints team just because Breeze potentially isn't there again. I don't think he plays. Uh, I still think that this defense in the Saints is incredible, and I think this is going to be a very big win at home for the Saints, and I like that nine and a half points. Hard not to be excited about the the Saints. They just hung 36 on the Bears without Breeze or Kamara. So, but my thing with New Orleans is absolute credit to this coaching team, as always with Sean Payton, and a little bit of an objection to the Teddy Bridgewater talk, only in as much as they're not asking him to do anything, no. which is a good thing in terms of he's not turning over two picks on the season. He ranks in the league 28 for 32 qualifying quarterbacks in terms of air yards completion. So they're dinks, they're dunks, getting it to Michael Thomas, who's, I think, launched himself into the preeminent receiver in the competition. Hmm. And they're also playing, which is an Oakland thing, and complete contrast to Arizona. They're actually the slowest team in the league. 30 seconds per play. So, again, they're getting to the line. They're getting the defense rest. Again, Bridgewater not being asked to do much. Contrast it with Arizona, who, yep, agree, really great story. They're playing that quickest yep. quickest tempo in the entire league. So, which I don't think will be a huge scare for Dennis Allen on defense. Um also, back to Michael Thomas as well, 79.5% catch percentage. He's getting everything. He doesn't drop anything. You can get him long. You can get him short. You can get him matched up against the linebackers, whatever it is. He's the best in the game. Mm. Well, Love ho- him. Hopefully, when he plays the Jets, he doesn't catch Mono off uh, Sam Darnold. Um, <laughs> he can catch anything. Michael Thomas. Um, <laughs> there you go. No, huge, on, huge on the science. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, uh, with, with Bridgewater, like it sounds weird because his name's he's got the name Bridge in his surname, but he is the perfect Bridge quarterback. Like yeah, him and Brissett are kind of like they need to yeah. sign him to that Brissett type deal because when Breeze retires, that'll give them a one or two years to find their next quarterback, and he can and still be competitive with Bridgewater. Thinking and dunking's fine. I mean, the yeah, the Patriots quarterback's been doing that for five years, so it seems it, to it, work. But that's all. Like I think you. Guys would agree that all comes down to coaching. If yeah. you can articulate that, this is what I want yeah, from yeah. you. Sean Payton's be, yeah. he's a coach exactly. of the he's a coach of the year right now. As totally. much as I'd love to say Frank Reich, it's Sean Payton without yep. a doubt. Um, Absolutely. Yep. All right, let's move on. Green Bay minus four and a half at Kansas City. Um, I'll come back to the total because I've just got four here, and I imagine it's a little bit higher than four. I've left out a number. <laughs> um, but Nick, why don't you start us off? <laughs> oh, it's it's shattering that we don't get Rogers Mahomes in this one. Oh, that, Dever. I had a couple of weeks ago, I had penciled this one in as kind of possible match of the season, game of the season. But, uh, you know, Mahomes injury is a big one. It's, it's going to be really interesting to see how the Chiefs handle this and, and, you know, how long he's out for. Um, it should be game of the week, but it isn't. I can't really see the Chiefs getting close to the Packers. The Packers are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the saving grace is this is, this is at Arrowhead. Uh, at Lambeau, I'd be taking the, the minus four and a half all day. Yep. But it's it's a no play at, at four and a half at Arrowhead for me. Okay, James. Huge, huge, huge match. KC fighting for that second spot in the AFC and a potential buy. Packers fighting for control of the NFC North and trying to get a one or two seat themselves in the NFC. Tough to evaluate without Mahomes. 
But I kind of like, I mean, I was going to, I like your point, which you're going to bring up, Josh, in terms of Andy Reid off a bye week sort of thing. Yeah. And I know this isn't an exact bye week, but yeah. I'll, I'll leave that to you. Yeah, I just think uh, it's extra time to prepare. Um, so, yeah. you know, I hate that I'm doing this, but I'm leaning Kansas City plus four and a half. That would be my lean too. Yeah, my numbers make this a play. Um, and even, and it's still, I'm not quite sold on it being a play with my numbers. My quarterback rating for Matt Moore is super low. So I even, being super low on and, and conservative with Matt Moore still makes this a play. So um, I have him as the 32nd ranked quarterback for this week in, in my in my numbers for my player um, ratings here. So you know if there's anyone to scheme up success when his quarterback goes down, it's it's Andy Reid, and, and he's kind of coming off a mini buy here. Um, and look, Matt Moore is pretty garbage, but I think with this practice and the extra time, I, I trust Reid to kind of take advantage of the Packers' weakness on defense, and that is run. So I think really long drives, kind of what the team's been doing against them the last couple of weeks, he'll do against Green Bay. Um, so kind of like the under 47 and a half here as well, because I think you'll see a lot more of the rejuvenated running game from the Chiefs with uh, McCoy and Damian Williams, get them more involved in, in short passes and, and doing things, kind of like what the Saints are doing with Teddy Bridgewater as well. So I like uh, the Chiefs plus four and a half. And I, I, again, I, have I mentioned that I do not like this slate this week? At all. Um, and, and I'll touch on that in the next game. Miami at Pittsburgh. Um, if you're wondering where Seattle Atlanta is, we'll get to that in a second. Um, so Miami at Pittsburgh is the Monday night football match. Minus 14 and a half. The total is 43. I like Miami plus 14 and a half. And have I mentioned it yet? How much I bloody hate this, this slate. It's terrible. It's ridiculous. Most of my, most of my bets that my ratings like this week goes against every fiber of my football being and fandom in my heart. Um, this is a disgusting primetime game. It's horrendous. It's gross. Flex is out of here. And now we've got to deal with this bloody guy. When I say bloody, I'm, I'm trying to swear here. Every booger is like driving me effing wild, man. He is the worst. I hope Sam Darnold gave him mono last week because I need him out of here. I need him out of this game. It is just three hours of him just talking absolute nonsense. He knows nothing about the game. It's it's so bad. Anyway, the Dolphins, um, they've covered two straight with Ryan Fitzpatrick, and this Steelers offense is anything but explosive, even with Rudolph back. Um, they shouldn't be giving up 14 points, 14 and a half points to anybody. Um, Pittsburgh, two and a half, uh, two and a half, two and seven against the spread in their last nine games off a bye. Um, I'm going to regret saying this, but uh, as the young ones say, YOLO, give me the Dolphins, plus 14 and a half. Oh, God, that's that's <laughs> tragic. Yeah. Um, I think that's three weeks in a row that you've had a you've given us a booger mention. Yeah, Gosh. I'm over it, man. Yeah. This is my this is it. This is my right. This is my stand this year. This is, this booger. is into this is getting into I'm gonna, James yeah. Ryan Burns' obsession. Yep. Oh. There he is. Um, I'm going to try something this week where I mute uh, the TV and I'm going to put on like a local, might put on local Miami radio, maybe. You might go to Spanish broadcast. <laughs> be, yeah, it might be in Cuba and Spanish. Yeah, I might yeah. go for that. It'd be yeah. a lot more entertaining, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's defense might shut out the Dolphins here. I, I think this could be a 20 plus point win for the Steelers. I think they're too strong across every, every line on, on the field and they're at home and their defense is pretty good. I don't really have a whole lot more to add. I I quite like Pittsburgh, even see, with that. Even with that really big Fitzpatrick last week put twenty one on the Bills. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're not going to get me on that one. Okay. Um, uh, this, the fourteen and a half is a big line, but yep. I, I I quite like it. 
Um, Mason Rudolph, though. Come on. Yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have, have a little play. I'm going to have a little play on yeah, the, the minus 14.5 just another, because the Dolphins are woeful. Another head-to-head. We're, we're yeah. two weeks without one. I think we're two all. So uh, this, could be, this, this, this could be the one. <laughs> what, have you, what have you got for us, James? Guys, I did have some notes on this game, and I clearly think Pittsburgh will win. But I actually want to talk about Bulga. In yeah. terms of yes. no, no, I'm no, I'm a contrarian, Josh. No, in terms of this, no, no, I don't. I think his talks absolute garbage. Okay, but something I can't take anymore is this this game of highlighting everything that Booger says that is inane and sort of broadcasting it on Twitter or wherever. Mm. Like Josh Hersmeyer, who's an amazing writer at Five Thirty Eight. This is what he does during Monday Night Football. Is the must be a Josh thing. I do it as well. Um, I, do, <laughs> I, I, I but the thing is. It's a broadcaster in terms of we watch all of us watch so much sport, okay, and most of it is pretty inane and pretty garbage. I don't know why Booger is getting like John Gruden sat in that that chair for what six or seven years or maybe ten years and was terrible and added absolutely nothing. Yeah, but he was like a cartoon character version of himself, which was funny. Whereas, if nothing else, I mean, at least Booger has an enormous amount of passion and energy during the broadcast. So people, a lot of people talk about a lot of people talk about bringing Tony Romo in to the box. To me, Tony Roba is extremely wooden oh, and no. bouncy and sort of just drifts in and out of it. I don't know. I, ESPN should give Tony Romo a billy. <laughs> give him a billion. Okay, Get I'm him on there. Just personally, that like I just wish that all right. We could be doing you'll more. Have to, with, you'll have to mute me on Monday Night Football on Twitter. Just mute it's me. Just the, it's just the. I'm not going to uh, stop. Uh, I'm not going to uh, stop. No, no, cool. And that's everybody's right. Yeah, I just think right. we can be we can be better. Over, like, we can be over, better with the over under nine and a half hashtags fade booger uh, on Twitter during Monday Night Football. <laughs> no, from, no, fa- from more than one account. From more than my account. We'll see. Hashtag fade booger if you're on board. Get on board, guys. <laughs> no. Hashtag fade booger. Fair enough. Yeah. Also, just quickly on this game, Pittsburgh four dollars like Jacksonville to make the playoffs and Ugh. a really, really simple schedule from here on, including Jets, Miami Browns, Cards, Cincy, a uh, couple of home games against the Bills and the Colts and the Rams no. too. So there could be a path to nine or ten and four dollars as well, like Jacksonville. So, well, I think one of those are going to get it as well. So don't bet on both because you're getting, yep. you're getting a flip of the coin proposition. So okay, if you have a good lead on one of them, though, yep. Go, go for your life. Okay. And the game we missed because there's not really a line or a total really anywhere. Um, a few places are up with five and a half here. Seattle on the road against Atlanta. Um, the reason for no line and no total is the status of Matt Ryan. Um, I was discussing this yesterday with some people. How much, how many points where the spread is Matt Ryan worth just because he's kind of the only thing they've got going on their team right now. Matt Sharp's horrendous. Um, so I think he's worth sort of five points potentially. This this will hit double digits if it's against Matt Sharp. Seattle on the road. Um, it looks too obvious right now, the minus five and a half out there. Um, if you think Matt Ryan's not going to play, then obviously lock that in and, and take mm. the minus five and a half. If he does play, maybe, I don't know. I think Seattle are a little overrated, a little bit. Um, I think people bought in way too much. They've lost some ugly home games now, which they just never used to do. Um, and their defense has shown some... Inability to get the job done, um, almost. And I feel like even on offense, they look lost. They just rely on Russell Wilson being a magician way too much. Um, so, um, look, the Falcons are genuinely bad, but does Dan Quinn have one last sort of fight left in him against his former side? I don't know. It just seems a little too obvious. And I know I said that about them against the Browns and they covered that, but I mean, they probably should not have covered that game. But anyway, I'm going to, I'm going to avoid this one. I, I like, uh, Seattle minus five and a half, even if, Matt Ryan does play, and yep. he's not going to be 100. percent So you're, no, I, I don't think something. he plays. 
Um, he's out with the Aaron Donald status. Um, I think it was the ankle, but yeah, he got, he got Donalded. Um, and <laughs> Seattle, Seattle be, yeah, Seattle be hurting after last week. I think they, they would have wanted to go into that Baltimore game, uh, really strongly and, and come out and really show the world that they're legitimate and they didn't. And I think that Russell Wilson might have this, uh, kind of penciled in as a bit of a revenge game. Uh, like you said, Matt Sharp just is, is not the same kind of QB to, to take advantage of, of, you know, Julio Jones and Devonna Freeman and, and some of these other guys on, on the Falcons offense. They don't have Mohamed Sanu anymore. You know, he's off to, off to New England. Yep. It's another offensive weapon that's off, off the board for the Falcons. Yeah. And, Good deal for them though, just quietly. Yeah. 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 Great. Great yeah. deal. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Round for him is, is yep. great. Um, but I think it shows how, how much the Patriots value him and, and want to be able to yeah. use him. I mean, they've got, th- the Pats have got like three third round cells. Like a, it's going to be like a 60th pick. So it didn't really matter too much for them, I don't mm. think. But for them, like the hole that the Falcons are in, it's just, it just makes sense to just, yeah, yeah. trade away 100%. assets and build. Yep. hundred percent. It's been a horrific year. Um, yeah. having said all of that, I still, I'm, I'm going back to the Defono Freeman well from last week. Um, oh, God. I think that, that <laughs> you know, the, the QB, whoever it is, is, is going to have to rely on a short pass game. Yep. Uh, and four plus receptions at at a dollar ninety six is really solid for Freeman. Okay, um, and I'll be playing that. Okay, going back. Uh, back yeah, one. James, what do you got? I think all hell's going to break loose at Atlanta at some point in terms of whether it's Dan Quinn, whether it's Dimitrov, or whether it's both of them. Kind of like the um, the Denver Indianapolis game. This is two teams going really direct, different directions. Seattle are clearly better. I, I, this, this seems, I think Josh, you touched on it's something weird about this line because it, it just seems like a trap. Yeah, it? It, it, yeah, yeah. It, does. I get, it does. I get a feeling about these. It was Seattle a couple of weeks ago. It was the Steelers a couple of weeks ago against the Chargers. Chargers minus six and a half against Devlin Hodges felt like a trap. And I think you were onto that. James and, and correctly picked that, and that's one I kind of avoided for that obvious reason. Yeah, that was the Charger game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just yeah, feels yeah, like yeah. it feels like a trap, but. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, something, something, something weird here. <laughs> yeah. Get the tin foil out. Um, well, it could, yeah. could be, could be with the Quinn sort of, um, yep. the, the Seattle connection. Yeah. Maybe they, they are going to send him a lifeline. By the way, uh, uh, Jim Harbaugh wants out of Michigan. There's your future coach, Atlanta. Uh, oh, go God. get him. Go get him. You know, Matt, Matt Ryan think, and Jim Harbaugh. I'm, I'm in for I that. I think of Jim Harbaugh it was telling his Michigan, Michigan, uh, Guys, that they weren't allowed to eat chicken yeah. because the chicken is a weak bird. Show me the lie. Or yeah. a scared animal. Show me the Whatever lie. Whatever it was. Show oh, me the lie. God. Speaking of college football, Wisconsin. I told oh, you. I no. told you, James. Well, I mean, they're tiny in the, in the uh, scheme of my book. So yeah, I know. It's fine. Uh, yeah. It loss, was over. But... And now two is down for Alabama. Who knows what's going to happen there? But anyway. Well, thankfully, they've got an easy game against Arkansas this weekend. Yeah. Then the week off the week. Yeah, week he'll, be, he'll be right. Yeah, he'll yeah. be fine. He'll They'll be, be in the final four. That's all that matters. So they can sure. keep him on For ice. Sure. Um, all right, lock of the week time. Um, again, we've been organised and we discussed this off air. We're all on board for the Saints for the second week in a row. We are five and two on the locks. So if you're just following the locks, New Orleans nine and minus nine and a half now. I know we've gone from plus three and a half to minus nine and a half. It's a big swing, um, but uh, we like them here to get the job done against Arizona. The back door concerns me a little bit with, with Kyler Murray and this run game, but uh, New Orleans, ninth in DVOA against the run. they got a good chance to slow them down, and I think David Johnson's not going to be in this game either. So minus 9.5. Let's talk long shots now, and uh, Nick, start us off. Oh, best bets and long shots, sorry. Yeah, got got a couple. Um, obviously, as, as I just mentioned, Seattle minus 5.5. I really yep. like that, whether Ryan plays or not. Yep. Uh, Devonna Freeman, 4-plus 
receptions, dollar ninety six, and our lock of the week, New Orleans minus nine and a half. Yep. Uh, I've got a couple of long shots this week, as I mentioned earlier. <laughs> Have a, a little double on the double. Yep. The Jets uh, plus six and and under forty one and a half yep. match total. Uh, I like Todd Gurley hundred plus rushing yards at three dollars fifty. Cooper Cup hundred plus rust, receipt receiving yards at two dollars sixty. And Kenny Golladay eighty plus receiving yards at two dollars ten. Okay. Which Thank one's you. the official one for the book? Just so we. Um. um uh, <laughs> the double. The double. The double. Beautiful. Beautiful. Double. Um. Cooper Cup last week. I had him over six and a half receptions. He had six at halftime, and that was it. Didn't have a single pass to the ca- uh, catch of the second half. That drove me to no end. And then I had uh, Tyler Boyd over five and a half, and he had fourteen targets and only caught five. Um. So. Just a bad hurts, beat last week on those receptions markets. So, uh, yeah, that, that hurts. Uh, James, what have you got for us in, in best bets? Yeah, like the Saints, as we said, I, I like the, sh- I like the Bears, but I prefer to tease it down to two and a half. Same as the Giants, but I yep. prefer to tease that up to plus seven and a half. Yep. Jags, four dollars for playoffs, as I spoke about before. We're getting on the Jacksonville train. Yep. And for a long shot, Dan- Daniel Hunter, yep. uh, 34 to one for defensive player of the year. 12 quarterback hits, 7 sacks, 34 tackles. Yep. No one is in that stratosphere for defensive players. Yep. Um, and there mightn't be a more, more well-rounded player in the, in, on defense in the league right now. So huge numbers yep. on a team that's winning and on a defense that's great. Could be a good bet. Yeah, exactly. Something. Great surname for a uh, defensive lineman, Hunter. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, right. it all lines up. Um, all right, best bets, uh, Oakland and Houston for me over 51 or 51 and a half. I think it's 51 and a half. I'll put 51 and a half. Uh, I like Tampa Bay plus two and a half. Um, I'll keep an eye on that one. I might, might sneak out to three, which would be just tremendous. Um, so maybe wait till game day for that one, although it could go back. I, I just think they win outright, to be honest. Um, and I hate saying this, but it's either the Chargers or Miami and, uh, uh, James kind of taught me out of the charges a little bit with his, uh, some, some, some good stats there, some juicy stats that are co- quite concerning. So I'm going Miami plus 14 and a half as the best bet. Um, call me crazy. Call me insane. You can. Um, and we'll crazy see next week. Yeah. Thank you. And we'll see next week, um, how that one pays out. But, uh, look, Ryan Fitzpatrick nearly pulled that out. The, the miracle. Um, mentioned maybe a money line bet last week on the Dolphins. And for a minute there, I was kicking myself that I didn't take them. Um, thankfully they, they Miami'd it up and still lost, but they still covered. Uh, long shot, I like Mike Evans to bounce back, uh, not bounce back, but just have a big game here. 125 receiving yards at 325 against, uh, the Tennessee Titans there. I think, uh, that's gonna be, uh, there for the taking for him. And, uh, let's go with the stats inside a model with, uh, with Nick, with Daryl still out of action. I think the model went two and one last week on, podcast plays, but obviously they are always subject to change based on the stats inside a model, but how did they go overall in NFL and college football last week? Yeah, went went pretty well. College football had a, had a really good weekend. I think it was uh, four and zip on college football green selections last weekend. Uh, for NFL, 16-11 uh, for the season on lines, eight and four on greens, 13-4 on totals, which is massive, three and zip on, on the green selections. Week, we've got uh, best bets. We've got the Chiefs, uh, at plus four with an 11% green selection. I think, you know, we've got, got to be a little bit wary. Not sure about the, the Mahomes situation, whether the model takes that into account at this stage of the week. Yep. Um, until the, the official, uh, playing list is, is, uh, made official. Uh, so we've got Saints and the Cardinals under 48 and a half is a 6% green edge. 
And uh, what's the last one? We've got a couple of 5% orange selections. Okay. Cincy line, Cincy plus line, mm. uh, Colts minus line, Jaguars minus line, and Buffalo Philly under 43 and a half. Okay. And is there a long shot this week for the uh, SI model? There is. The Chiefs head-to-head, 6% green selection. Um, again, like we said, just just keep in mind the, the Mahomes selection and maybe wait on those until the, the teams are announced. Yeah, so it hasn't factored in the Mahomes injury at all yet, do you think? Well, we often take into account the official team lists and okay. probables and doubtfuls come into account, but we don't know yeah. how much at, right. at this stage. Um, so just, just keep an eye on that one. Yeah, definitely. I've got to give a, a big shout-out to uh, the SI model. I uh, followed the uh, college football totals. The green plays on Saturday. It was a very profitable, profitable Saturday for me. So uh, thanks, thanks to SI, thanks to the model. Yeah, loves the, the model. Loves the uh, it's it's really accurate on the the college football totals. I think seventy one forty six on on college totals for the season so far. Fifty one thirty five on the the spread bets. Yep. Um, it's been it's been a pretty good year so far. Yeah, and you know as as we said, we're always you know subject to change a lot of these. So I know like we we are recording the podcast plays for the model just for. Just for purposes of of the, I don't know what the transparency, I guess, for the yeah. podcast. But uh, you got to always check the uh, model um, selections. I always suggest uh, with college football checking the morning of or the night before, and same with the NFL on on a Sunday night. It's probably the best time uh, to check on the model, and that's at statsinsider.com.au, James, uh, Nick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's right. Um, and and again, like like we spoke about last week, if you're on the match page at, at kickoff. Uh, just hit refresh and you'll see the live widget appear where you can follow uh, the live scores and all the live probabilities as the game happens. Yep, perfect. All right, well, that wraps up our show, uh, week eight. Enjoy uh, enjoy it, uh, Nick. I will do. Hopefully the Eagles can pull something out. Yeah, get out of that 3-5 hole and hopefully the Colts can build on a, some impressive wins. And as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Stats Insider. And uh, please check out statsinsider.com.au. Have a good weekend and we'll be back next week to preview uh, week nine, and we might uh, give out some uh, halfway awards, I guess, maybe as our biggest takeaways instead of from the week for the first half of the season. And until next time, bye.